0: Jesus said in John 14, If you love Me, you'll keep My commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. The Spirit of Truth is the Holy Spirit. We live in a world where truth is often hard to find. How do you know what voice to trust? There's so many messages and so much misinformation all around us. It can be incredibly confusing. But when we turn to the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, He guides and directs our heart and our thoughts. Jan Hus, whose statue I'm in front of right now, said it so well, truth prevails. That's the national motto here of the Czech Republic. And it's attributed to, to Hus himself, the great follower of Jesus. It's believed to be part of a longer statement that Hus made that says this, Seek the truth, hear the truth, learn the truth, love the truth, speak the truth, hold the truth, and defend the truth until death. Which is exactly what Jan Hus did. He died in a passionate pursuit of truth. He was so convicted that people needed to hear the word of God in their own language that he translated the scriptures into Bohemian, the language of the people, and he would preach in Bohemian so that people could understand what God was saying in his word to them. And God blessed his ministry greatly, but it was met with great opposition. But truth to John Hus pointed to the word of God, Jesus Christ Christ. That's why he so diligently preached him. And just a few blocks away at Bethlehem Chapel, it was filled Sunday after Sunday with people hungry for truth. Well, what we see in the Scripture is that the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in order to ignite our hearts and guide us into truth. Jesus put it this way in John 14. He said, these things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit reminds us of what God says. But in order for us to remember, we have to explore it first. We have to abide in Jesus, and His Word must abide in us or live in us. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God as fuel for transformation to provide direction, correction, peace, and comfort. The great battle that we face, first of all, is a battle of the mind. Our thoughts are continually embattled against messages that cause hurt, fear, confusion, depression, doubt, and selfishness. The scripture reminds us of it this way. It says, do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't let your thoughts be so controlled by the messages of the world. Instead, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. It's the Holy Spirit who renews our minds with truth. In a sense, The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to continually update our thinking, our soul, and our innermost being. He gives us new programming that will transform our minds and awaken our conscience, direct our wills, and fill our emotions with abundant joy. That old nature, the old programming, is still there. We're still battling against sin and selfishness. But as we learn to hear His voice, God becomes the dominant speaker in our souls. And he bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We have a new identity. We have a permanent security in Christ. And we are becoming who we were designed to be. If you want the Holy Spirit to guide you, to comfort you, to direct you, you need to live in God's Word on a daily basis. Now here's the thing. We're entering into a new phase of lockdowns. For these next two weeks, as we're restricted more greatly, make it a priority to be in God's Word. Every day, and if you need help finding a way to do that, to find a reading plan that can help you get immersed into the Scriptures, send us an email and we'll do all we can to help you grow in God's Word. Understand this, that a fire without fuel does not burn very brightly. Breath without oxygen does not give life. We need God's Word in us, and we need to be in God's Word. So let's make our hearts God's home, and ask Him to do whatever it takes, earthquakes, a mighty wind, or a cleansing fire, to make us more like Jesus Christ, so that His reflection is seen in us, and we walk in the ways of the commandments and love of Jesus. Remember this, never doubt in the darkness what God has told you in the light. You can trust Him. He has promised never to leave you, never to forsake you. He has promised you a constant companion in the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to explore how the Holy Spirit speaks first into the world, and then we'll discover how He can speak and whisper to us as well. Let's go to the Scripture in John chapter 16 and learn more about Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit.
1: But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to Him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the Prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth.
0: Last week, we looked at how the Holy Spirit's presence and power works to shake the world so that what cannot be shaken is clearly seen. You know, there's something deep inside of every human being that knows that something is wrong. The beauty of creation is broken. We see its evidence everywhere, especially in relationships. Perhaps it's a bit like David Cherney's Wenceslas statue here in the Lucerne Passage. It's upside down. I'm not sure exactly what he was trying to say, but it's clearly presenting the message that not all is well in the Czech Republic, at least in his opinion and his understanding of the government. Some things have been turned upside down from the way they're supposed to be, and people are asking for change. But the ones asking for change, at least according to his statue, seem to be beating a dead horse. Sounds a lot like modern politics in many of our home countries, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit is much more subtle than a parody of a famous statue like Wenceslas. But the Holy Spirit definitely turns things upside down in a way. He uses conviction. His ministry in the world is a ministry that is designed to help people see there is something wrong and yet They can turn to one place, to one person, and find how their world can be set right again. In John chapter 16, verse 8, Jesus said that when he comes, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will no longer see me. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. First of all, the idea portrayed in this passage is that the Holy Spirit reveals the brokenness of sin in this world and in the lives of all people. Further, the Holy Spirit actually works against the enemy like a prosecuting attorney, proclaiming to all the world and the cosmic powers, the righteousness of Christ, our Redeemer. And that we must all remember that one day every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus will come and judge the world. And the Holy Spirit works to bring conviction upon all people in order to lead them to Christ. Now, why does the Holy Spirit work in this way? Why does He bring conviction? Well, first of all, because Jesus is worthy of all worship and praise, He is God. Secondly, because we all tend to desire too little. We settle for the simple pleasures of sin instead of an intimate relationship with God that would fill us with joy, with meaning, with purpose. The God who knows us best and loves us most gave His Son for us because His plan for our life, His purpose for your life and my life is absolutely perfect. And when we settle for brokenness instead of the reality, when we settle for the shadow instead of the substance, the Holy Spirit brings conviction to draw us back to the true source of life, God Himself. So the Holy Spirit speaks conviction because the path that we're on will not satisfy. It does not bring life because Jesus Himself is life and He is the one who brings joy to the full. So the Holy Spirit uses conviction to lead us to transformation. And the Scripture says that He convicts people of sin, leading them to faith in Jesus, of righteousness, learning to fully trust on the righteousness of Jesus rather than on our own good works. He brings conviction of judgment, resting in the authority of Jesus rather than whether, wondering whether or not we're good enough. The Holy Spirit also works in the heart of every believer. He speaks conviction in order to change us. But we might need to recognize that there are other voices that we hear. The voice of the flesh, the voice of the world, and the voice of the enemy, Satan, who speaks condemnation. So let me show you a little bit of the difference between the voice of the Holy Spirit who works in conviction and the voice of condemnation. The Holy Spirit uses Scripture accurately and in context to give life. On the other hand, the voice of condemnation, Satan, twists Scripture for his own purposes to bring death. The Holy Spirit reminds us of God's goodness and God's holiness, whereas the enemy will remind you of your worthlessness. The Holy Spirit has a sense of God-consciousness through the Word. Satan tries to continually make you aware of self-consciousness in a way that is belittling, that compares you to others. The Holy Spirit generally deals with one specific thing at a time, whereas Satan throws the whole book at you and makes you feel worthless, depressed, overwhelmed, and condemned. The Holy Spirit speaks in a quiet voice, in a whisper. The enemy speaks with loud clamoring. The Holy Spirit provides a specific path to repentance and reconciliation, whereas the enemy brings just a feeling, an overwhelming feeling, in fact, of guilt and confusion. The Holy Spirit corrects. Satan accuses. The Holy Spirit deals with unconfessed sin, whereas Satan brings up past sins that have already been confessed. The Holy Spirit encourages us to obedience Whereas the enemy discourages us to despair. The Holy Spirit gives peace with a sense of confirmation. The enemy puts pressure on you and a sense of frustration that can overwhelm you. The Holy Spirit working and speaking inside of you leads to a life of balance. Whereas the enemy is pushing you towards a life of bondage. And finally, the Holy Spirit speaks with love and sincerity. Whereas the enemy, his voice is one of anger and manipulation that leads to further bondage. Understanding the difference between conviction and condemnation can help us learn how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he does want to speak into your life and to my life to draw us into a closer relationship with him. His plans for you are good, not for your destruction. In fact, Jesus said this in John 3, verse 18, whoever believes in him, believes in Jesus, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The conviction of the Holy Spirit leads to a change of direction. It leads to life. Here's how Romans puts it. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So we need to recognize the difference between the voice of the Spirit and the voice of condemnation from the world, from the flesh, our own sin nature, and from the enemy. Because Jesus wants us to be close to him. Here's another verse from Romans that maybe will bring it all together. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ from the law of sin and death. Even though the world may be upside down in Christ Jesus, we are on a firm foundation that cannot be shaken. The Holy Spirit reminds us there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He'll convict us only in order to bring us closer, to remove any sin, any attitude, or any false belief that hinders our relationship with God. Well, how does the Holy Spirit work in the life of a Christ follower? What I hope to do is help you learn to tune in to the Holy Spirit. Over my shoulder is the famous Prague TV Tower, what's been rated the second ugliest building in the world. Well, on that building are hundreds of antennas. They send out radio, television, cellular signals, wireless communication. Have you ever thought about what a miracle those radio signals are? Communication is happening all around us. In fact, right where you are, where you're sitting down or where you're watching this, there are signals all around you. But unless we tune in to the right frequency, we never hear the message. That's a good analogy of the Holy Spirit. God is speaking what we must learn to tune in to His voice. So how and what does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Let me begin with the Holy Spirit's ministry to the believer. Jesus said in John 16, 12, He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, But whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Isn't that a beautiful promise from the Lord Jesus? That the very message he wants you and I to know, the Holy Spirit will communicate. The Holy Spirit empowers us to bring honor to Jesus and to advance his kingdom. He works in us in such a way so that we not only know what Christ has to say, but then to know how to use that in such a way that shows other people his goodness and his greatness. In verse 14, he says, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit will always work in a way that reveals the greatness, the majesty, the beauty of Jesus. Jesus is revealed in us through our love for one another. Therefore, the Holy Spirit will work to bring unity, love, and service to others into the heart of each and every believer. That's one of the ways that we can measure whether or not the messages that we hear the whispers that we're hearing in our heart, in our mind, whether or not they're from the Holy Spirit. If it's encouraging us to love, to build up others, chances are pretty good that it's coming from the Holy Spirit. We show the greatness of Jesus' glory by loving and serving others like Jesus has done to us. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is our guide. There's a beautiful promise that we see in the book of Isaiah. It says this, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. That's Isaiah 30 verse 21. As part of the new covenant we have in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of our hearts and make His home there. When we are tuned into the Holy Spirit, he will guide us in how we are to live moment by moment, day by day. How we're to bring honor to Jesus with our lives, how to to care for others, how we're to walk in obedience. He convicts us of sin to bring us back into fellowship with God. And if we have decisions to make in our life, which we are not sure what the right choice is, we can pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to the right choice, that we do what is pleasing to God, what is honorable to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is also our instructor. He's the one who will teach us all things. who will remind us of everything that Jesus has taught us. He'll show us how to live out our faith, how to live in obedience with the Lord, to have the right attitude, the right mindset, to have a, a life that looks holy because our God is holy, to have hearts that are pure, loving motivations, and to be blameless. You, you see, the reason why God calls us to a life of obedience is because that's where we will find the greatest joy and we will be most reflective of His character and His heart. In Ezekiel 36, verse 25 and 27, we see that we're given a new heart. We're given the very heart of God. He takes out that heart of stone and He puts in a heart of flesh that beats like His. A heart that is loving, that is caring, that is kind, that is good. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that enables obedience. That's why we need His filling so much. It's so many times when we struggle with sin, when we struggle with areas of, of being obedient or, or having uh, change happen within us. Maybe you're, you struggle with anger or maybe it's with, with lust. Trying harder in our own strength only makes the problem worse and us more fros- frustrated. But when we turn our lives over and ask the Holy Spirit to enable us to live the life that He is calling us to, then He takes over and His power works within us to change us, to bring us into a right relationship with the Lord. The Holy Spirit gives us the power for obedience. He gives us joy, but also He enables us to be a powerful witness. He is the one who gives us not only the words to say, but the power to live it out and to speak it boldly. So what's the greatest need in your life? What's the greatest need for your family? What do you think the greatest need in our church is right now, in our community, in our world, as it's struggling with, with things that it doesn't quite know what to do with? The greatest need for you and I, and for every believer, is to be filled with the Holy Spirit because the only way we can be effective witnesses is through his power. The only way we can show the world what Jesus is like is through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who imparts life. He breathes life into us and to those around us. Psalm sixteen eleven says it so beautifully. He says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Do you believe that promise? Do you believe that God really wants to give you pleasures forevermore? His presence in us is the joy that fills every aspect of our life, every relationship that we have, all that we do. So what happens when when you live by the Spirit? Well, the promise of the Scripture is that you have abundant peace. Romans eight six says, But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. If we live by the Holy Spirit and remain receptive to His instruction, tuned in to His voice, His counsel, His guidance, we'll have abundant life and peace in our hearts, no matter what we're facing. We'll not be full of anxiety that comes from trying to figure everything out on our own, with no help and trying to, to read the situation and make decisions in with just human ability. We'll have instead the peace of God ruling over us as we tune in to the Holy Spirit's voice speaking to us. Secondly, we not only have peace, we have abundant fruit. Matthew seven seventeen, Jesus says, Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. As we are rooted in God, tuned in to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, and remain obedient to what He tells us, Then we will bear much fruit that is good and righteous for the glory of God. Isn't that a great promise as well? Furthermore, we not only have peace, we not only have lives that are productive, that are fruitful, but He promises to actually give us abundant revelation. Do you realize that just as there are signals all around us communicating things all the time, that God wants to communicate with you? He's given you and I his word because he wants us to know his character, his plan, his purpose for this world, and then he speaks to his holy Spirit to show you and I how to live that out on a daily basis. Here's what he promises in the book of Joel, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days joel two twenty nine That promise occurred and became to fulfilment in Acts, in the giving of the Holy Spirit. God promised that He would pour out His Holy Spirit on all kinds of people, men, women, young people, old people, even like me. If you have a heart that yearns for more of God, seek Him and ask to be filled to the overflow with the Holy Spirit. Let me go on for just a moment here to talk about prayer and its relationship to the Holy Spirit. Because prayer is what links us together with the Holy Spirit and gives us power. Oftentimes our prayers go unanswered because we're praying from the standpoint of our will and not the Word of God. So are you praying in the Spirit with power? Or are you praying, asking, and seeking to tell God what you think He ought to do? There's a great difference between the two. Ephesians 6.18 reminds us to pray all time at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication praying in the spirit means he's directing not only how we pray and what we pray but the faith that empowers that prayer as well we ask him to show us what we are to do how we are to respond and even more we listen to hear, Lord, what are you doing? What do you want to accomplish in this circumstance? What are some of the things I'm not seeing in this circumstance, in this relationship? Show me your heart and your will. And here's the promise of the scripture. In Romans 8:26, it says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. Those all go together, they fit together. You see, There are moments in our life when we don't know what to pray. We may be overwhelmed by the circumstances that we're in, or just the weight of concern that we have for another person. The promise of the Spirit is that when we go to Him, when we go to the Lord, He intercedes for us, even when we don't know what to pray. It's frequent in my prayers that I simply ask the Lord, Lord, would you pray for me? Would you intercede on my behalf? Or would you intercede on behalf of this person? Because I'm not sure what to pray for them. And I have great confidence that the Lord always answers those prayers. Here's some truth about prayer. Prayer is not simply talking to God. It is communion with God. Also, prayer must be a dialogue that involves listening, not just our talking. Furthermore, In prayer, we need to ask God what He desires, not just tell Him what we want. What God says to us through prayer is much more important than what we say to Him. True prayer occurs when we slow down and recognize that the story of life is not our autobiography. Rather, it is God's story of Him revealing His glory through His people and through His works. And He has written you and I into His story. Furthermore, prayer is a relational conversation. It's not a ritual that we go through. Prayer is an encounter with God. And it's not a method to get there. It is the encounter. That's so important to recognize. This is why we must pray in the Spirit. Without Him at work, there's no encounter with God. Without Him, we make requests, but we do not commune with God. So how do you tune in? to the Holy Spirit? How do you find His frequency? Here's how to hear the Holy Spirit's whisper and have Him fill your life. I, I believe there are, there are a few steps that we need to take. First of all, present your body as a living sacrifice. Believer, your body, if you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ, the scripture says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us in Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So we begin here in this verse to give ourselves in recognition that we are the home of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, he has rights and ownership over his home, over our life, over our body, over the things that we do with it. He goes on to say, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Are you ready to present your body with all of its functions, with all that it contains, your mind, your personality, your spirit, your love, your attitudes, your ambitions, everything that you are, and give it freely to the Lord for His use as His home? That's the first step, saying, Lord, I give myself to You, all that I am and all that I'll ever be, it's Yours. Secondly, we are to ask to be filled. In Luke chapter 11, verses 9-13, through 13, Jesus tells us about the heart of the Father, that His desire is to fill His child with the Holy Spirit but he tells us we are to ask. We're to never assume. Now, God could give it without us asking, but he chooses to invite us to ask. And Think about it. Isn't it meaningful to you when someone asks you for, for help? When, instead of you just necessarily them expecting you to, to give it to them, when they humble themselves and ask and recognize their need... That's even more true with the Lord. He calls us to live dependent upon Him. And so we need to ask Him for the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I believe we need to ask each day. Sometimes we need to ask several times a day. Because the truth is, we leak. Sin gets in the way. Selfishness gets in the way. And it crowds out the presence of the Holy Spirit and His power. So we need to ask to be filled. Thirdly, we need to believe we receive Him by faith, according to Galatians 3, verse 2. We need to recognize that the Lord fills those who believe they really will be filled. Fourthly, we need to obey the Spirit promptly. Acts 5, 12 tells us that God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey Him. Now, we could also say those who love Him because they're united together, as we've seen so many times is that when we truly love God, obedience becomes the natural outcome that we want to do things that please Him. And so love and obedience are intricately connected together. We only truly love God to the point that we obey Him. If we're to be filled with this Holy Spirit, then we need to love Him and obey Him. And we need to obey those whispers of the Holy Spirit quickly. Also, I believe we need to be in His Word. We need to meditate on it, memorize it. We need to give fuel for the Holy Spirit to use to renew our minds, to transform our lives, and to empower us to do His work. And then finally, we need to listen for Him to speak. That's so important. We need to believe that He is speaking and listen for Him to speak. And then we need to also, as we listen, we need to test those spirits. We need to use wise counsel. When we are prompted to do something, we need to examine God's word and see if it lines up. Furthermore, we may need to consult with another believer, with with a leader, a spiritual leader um, in our life, and and ask them, say, this is what I believe the Lord is speaking to me. What, What do you think? So that you can pray about it together and seek the Lord together. Because we're meant to be united. One of the things I encourage people to do all the time, when you're praying for the filling of the Holy Spirit, don't pray it just for yourself because we want to be pray filled with the Holy Spirit together as the body of Christ. So pray for the church, pray for your family members, for your friends, for the people in your small group, that they will be filled with the Holy Spirit as well. We need the Holy Spirit, but the only way that He truly will work in your life and in my life is if we tune in to His frequency. If we make ourselves truly able to receive His presence, that's that's what it means to tune in. We have to be a receiver that's on the right frequency, aligned where our lives belong to the Lord. We're tuned into His frequency, and we're asking Him to fill us with His presence, with His power. And then we're prepared to obey whatever He tells us to do.